Most people think that the only reason we have fingerprints is so that the police can uh, get a fingerprint of us if we do badly. But that's really not true. God gave us fingerprints so it would give us the ability to grasp things and hold on to them. Uh, after about three months, babies begin to form some fingerprints. So um, it doesn't happen until they're about three months into their, in, into their uh, formulation. If you, and I, I put out, if you really, really want to think about it, your skin sheds 50,000 cells every minute. Yep, 50,000. You didn't know you had that many, did you? 50,000 cells are being shed every minute. Globally, dead skin accounts for about a billion tons of dust in the atmosphere every year. So all, all that dust you keep fussing about in your house and how it's collecting on all of your stuff, some of it is dead skin cells. Just let that remind you, you're dying. <laughs> I, thought it's, I thought it's just interesting. There's, there's five different kinds of receptors in the skin that, that helps you to be able to feel the world around you. Notice a baby always wants to touch something. And they want to feel it. They want to see what the texture is. And people, when they get blind, they actually, the brain rewires itself so that the uh, touch and hearing is uh, much sharper and stronger. So people will actually feel the world or see the world through touch and through hearing. I thought that was interesting. I'd always heard about it, that blind folks suddenly can, can feel things and hear things that they could not before. Now, I don't want to be blind, but I would wish, do wish my hearing was a little bit better than what it is. I thought this was interesting, and I'm going to get into some preaching, preaching in just a little bit. Just hang on. Back in the 1940s, someone conducted a study, and they studied 26 children in an orphanage. The babies were more or less cut off from human contact in their cribs, or a single nurse had to care for seven children, and so by the time the babies were one year old, the isolated orphanage babies were less curious, less playful, and more subject to infections. When they reached their second and third year of life, of the 26 children that was brought up in that orphanage, only two of them could walk and manage a few words. Now that's the power of holding and touching and loving people. I, I read about firefighters that one of the things that, that they are taught is that when they come into a fire situation and someone has experienced even a close uh, escape from the fire or has been traumatized in some way at the fire, that one of the things that works really good is for someone to just sit down with them and put their hand on their arm and just leave it there. There is a calming effect just to someone touching them. Well, I wanted to, I said all of that because I wanted to emphasize the fact of Jesus touching a leper. And 
the scripture that I read to you is one of the very first that Jesus performed. And it actually was done in such a way that lepers were considered untouchable. Matter of fact, it was a disease that usually would start out with fatigue and pain in the joints and and scaly spots would develop on the skin. And then the body would become filled with lumps that were filled with pus. I know that doesn't sound good and I apologize, but that's why they had such a smell about them wherever they went. And it was a horrible thing to have leprosy pronounced upon a person. No longer could they go to their families and spend time with them. They weren't even allowed to go into the marketplaces. And if anyone happened to accidentally get close to them, it was commanded of them in the law that they had to yell, unclean, unclean, unclean. What a horrible thing to have to live a life like that. And the, that, that disease would, 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 would attack the nervous system and, and it would make the body to the place it could not feel pain like other people do. So it's an interesting thing to think about that when, when the infection would set in and all of these various things would begin to take place and if it went untreated, leprosy usually had a lifespan of about 10 or 11 years. So it was a horrible thing. They couldn't go to the temple. They couldn't have contact with their families or friends. Life just became a walking dead man or woman. What a horrible thing. Think about the fact Jesus could have healed this man just like He healed many others in Scriptures and many other lepers in the Scripture. He healed them without touching them because He had the power just to speak the Word. And when He would speak the Word, the healing would come. So it's interesting. It's interesting. Remember John the Baptist over in Matthew chapter 11 sent his disciples to Jesus. And in sending his disciples to Jesus... He said, I want you to find out from him, is he the one or do we need to look for another? I want to be sure that I'm teaching you right. Is he the Messiah? Is he the chosen one? Or should I begin to look for someone else? Of course, what Jesus told them, he said, you go back and tell John that the blind see, the lame walk, and lepers are cleansed. Isn't it interesting that he included that as one of the reasons why the evidence would point to the fact that Jesus really was the Messiah by healing lepers. The real story is not in the fact that Jesus healed the leper. The real story is the fact that Jesus touched the leper. I want you to know that Jesus is not afraid to touch your situation. He's not afraid to come to you wherever you are. Your life may be filled with a lot of stuff that's not very pleasant. Your life may be full of things that have brought a lot of trouble and heartache to you. But I want to tell you there is no situation that Jesus will back away from. 
He will touch you. He's not afraid of anything that can be brought against you or can be brought against Him. I love that verse in verse 41 where it said, And Jesus was filled with compassion. And when He was filled with compassion, He reached out His hand and touched the man. There was something in this man that he needed that other people didn't necessarily need. He didn't touch any of the rest of them. But he touched this one. I want you to know your situation is unique to God. He knows exactly what you're going through. He knows the pain you hurt. He knows the isolation that you feel, perhaps from other people or family members. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you need. Even the Bible says better than you know how to pray. He knows. And so we can just pray. That's that's whenever we have prayer. And I ask you to slip your hand up. God knows what those needs are. You don't have to stand up and, and say it for the whole congregation to hear it. All you have to do is acknowledge it. God, I've got a need and I need what only you can give. And I'm trusting you in this moment now to meet the need of my life. That's the kind of God that we serve. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I read the story of a woman that was in an isolation chamber in the hospital. And excuse me for using so many illustrations this morning, but it's kind of an unusual topic. The woman was in an isolation ward in the hospital and had been there for quite some time. And, and there was these, all of these um, things on the door that said, before you go in, you need to put a, 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 a robe on, put on one of these coats or jackets You need to put on gloves. You need to put on a hat. You need to to cover your face. Put on a mask. And so everyone that had gone in there had to do that. And this person went to visit the woman and, and was a little bit confused and stopped at the nurse's station. And the nurse's station, they told her, we don't really know what the lady has but we think it might be contagious and you need, to, you need to make all of these precautions before you go into the room. So when he got to the woman's bedside, she smiled weakly and told him how good it was to see him. And he asked her, he said, what can I do for you? Is there anything I can do for you? And the woman said, I just wish somebody would hold my hand without having a glove on. You see the power of touch. We're living in a society when we're moving further and further away from touching one another. We have our computers. We have our telephones where we don't want to call and talk to someone. We'd rather just send them a quick text and it's all over. There's nothing personal about it. There's nothing really that is warming about it. It is simply the fact I'm going to give you some information and that is all. I'm going to take away everything that has to do with being personal with you. But all of you ladies will admit, and some of us men too, if we're we're honest, 
that one of the most important things about a relationship, especially a husband-wife relationship, is that ability to talk to one another and that ability to express things to one another. And if nothing else, just to lay your hand on their arm and say, listen, I want you to know I care. I'm here for you. I may not have the right words all the time, but I want you to know that I'm here and you can count on me. You can trust me. Now most of us men, we like to think we're a little bit too macho for a lot of that mushy stuff. In reality, most of us want it just as badly as women do, for someone that we care about to reach out and touch us. Now, I'm going somewhere with all of this. You say, well, where is it going to start? Stop. I want you to know that God has a job for us. God touched this world when He sent His Son, Jesus Christ. He was not satisfied just to stay in heaven and tell them what they must do. God so loved the world that He gave us His most prized gift. And that was His one and only Son. He touched the world through His Son, Jesus Christ. And we have to understand, if we are going to be the church that God has called us to be, we must learn how to touch our fellow man, to touch the people out there in the streets, to touch one another with the love and care and sharing and wanting to be a part of people's lives. I've been through several different, different things in pastoring through the years of how do you deal with visiting folks. We went through a time when visiting folks, we would say, everybody that's a member of this church, stand up. And then we knew that everybody that didn't stand up was a visitor. So that would give us a target that we could kind of go around and welcome them to the service. Then we went through a period of time, everyone who's visiting the church, would you stand? And so that was another way we did it. Well, all of that has changed now. Most everyone, if they are here for the first time, they want to kind of fade into the background they don't want to be noticed. They don't want anybody to really get any information about them because they don't like to be bothered. We're in a society today where we have withdrawn ourselves from anybody because we don't want the accountability. Amen, preacher. We don't want you to know whenever we miss church, you might call us. And worse than that, you might come see us. We don't want you to know whenever we don't do what we ought to do. We'd just rather kind of fade into the background. This, this is the characteristics of the age we live in today. Just let me at my own discretion do what I want to do one time and it's over. I don't want any obligation. I don't want anyone trying to tell me or expect me to do something every week or every day. Just let me do it when I want to do it. In other words, we're pushing ourselves away from every obligation and every responsibility that has anything to do with the body of Christ. 
I want to tell you that's not the way we can serve God. If we're going to be the people of God, we have to be accountable people. We have to be people who are steadfast. We have to be people who are unmovable. We have to be people that you can depend on, that you can trust. Not those that are here today and they miss a month and then come back another day. No, no, no. If we're to follow Christ, we're supposed to imitate Him. And He is the faithful, loving, heavenly Father. And if I am going to imitate Him, I must be a faithful, loving part of the body of Christ. And there's no getting around it. Amen. Praise the Lord. I sang a moment ago, Lord, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. I want you to look in Matthew chapter 26, verses 21 and 22. There's an interesting scripture there. Matthew chapter 26, and look at verse 21 and 22. The Bible says, and as they did eat, here they are at the last Passover. And as they did eat, he said, verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful, and began every one of them to say to him, Lord, is it I? Isn't that interesting? Here are are his disciples, his hand-picked followers, who had watched him, had followed him, had been with him all of this time. And yet they are so aware of their human weakness that they recognize the fact that it could be one of them. He said, one of you is going to betray me. They didn't say, well, I'd never do it, Lord. Now, Peter later on made a bold prediction like that and it didn't work out. But every last one of them Not a single one of them said, well, Lord, I'm so spiritual, you don't have to worry about me betraying you. Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me. And every one of them, every look at what it says. Look at that verse 22. And they were exceeding sorrowful and began every one of them to say to him, Lord, is it I? Lord, I realize that I am weak enough at times that it could be me. I might be the one that would betray you. How long do you think Jesus knew who was going to betray him? Judas had been following the Lord right along with the other disciples for three years. And yet Jesus had never divulged one time that Judas would be the one to betray him. Oh, what love, what love. That he would not say it because he knew that if he did, the rest of the disciples would look despitefully on Judas and would not be able to be a brother to him like they should be. Folks, let me tell you, God knows the end from the beginning. He sees it all right now. 
He knows where I'm going to end up. He knows what you're going to end up being. He is not surprised by anything that comes into your life. And I'm telling you, even though God forbid that something was to happen and you were to turn your back on God and start living a life that was not pleasing to Him, God is going to give you every chance and every opportunity and every love that you could ever possibly have that you would do what you ought to do and live like you ought to live. Jesus had never told anyone that Judas would be the one to betray Him. So we need to be conscious of our weakness and be conscious of the fact, Lord, I can't even walk without You holding my hand. Lord, I can't do anything without You. I need Your strength and I need Your power and I need Your anointing. And the only way I can do that, Lord, i got to have Your Spirit with me every day that I live. Look over in Exodus chapter 31, verses 3 through 5. Over in Exodus chapter 31, verses 3 through 5. I was reading that early this morning and thinking about it and praying about it. And the Lord was speaking to Moses and He said, I'm going to, I'm going to give you some help. And He said, I'm going to give you the kind of help that the Spirit that is on you and the anointing that is on you is going to be put upon 70 others who will help you with the work of the kingdom. I have filled him with the Spirit of God Verse 3 says, And of wisdom and of understanding and the knowledge and all manner of workmanship. Next verse. To devise cunning works, to work in silver and in gold and in brass, and in cutting of stones to set them, and in carving of timber, and to work in all manner of workmanship. They're building the tabernacle in the wilderness. And God is speaking to them. And He's saying, I'm going to put a supernatural anointing on people. I'm going to have certain people to be anointed in whatever it is that they do in their life. Oh, glory to God. I'm going to have the artisans and the skilled workers. I'm going to have those who are skilled to do certain things. I'm going to have my anointing and my power to come upon them. And they're going to be able to do things they've never been able to do before with quality and with power and with anointing. I'm telling you, God is speaking to the church today. And He says, I don't want you to be mediocre. I don't want you to be just average. I don't want you to be satisfied with just getting by. I'm going to bring a supernatural anointing upon your life. And whatever it is that you do, I'm going to make you better at it. I'm going to open up doors for you that have never been opened for you before because I'm the Lord God Almighty and you need my mighty power in order to accomplish what has to be accomplished in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The Spirit that rested Old Moses, Numbers chapter 11, verses 25 and 26, said that the spirit that rested on Moses was imparted to his 70 leaders. 
and those that were in right there present with them, they began to prophesy and kept on prophesying and kept on prophesying. Hallelujah. It'd be like me preaching and keeping on preaching and keeping on preaching and keeping on preaching till all of you left and everybody's still preaching and going away. But you know, Joshua, now not the Joshua that you're aware of, but another Joshua came to Moses and he said, look, he said, look, there's two who are outside the camp. They're over there. They hadn't even come in here. And they're prophesying, prophesying just like we are. Don't you think you ought to stop them? I mean, they're not one of us. I mean, don't you think we ought to stop them? Oh, Moses said, oh, no. Said, I wish to God all of God's people would prophesy. Hallelujah. That's how we ought to feel about other churches. That's how we ought to feel about other people. Well, they're out there doing the work of the Lord and they're not part of us. Well, I want to tell you, if we're part of the kingdom of God and they're part of the kingdom of God, they are part of us and we're part of them and we need to realize that, that that's where the real power is. The power is in the hugeness of what's going on. God is a faithful God. We need His Spirit and His power to let us be able to accomplish what is being done. Glory to God. We need some young men like like Daniel and like the three Hebrews boys who would stand up and would defy the king and say, I refuse to bow down to the king. The only one I bow down to is the Lord God Almighty. He is the one that is worthy to be praised. I'd like to see some men who says, I won't bend, I won't turn, I won't quit, I won't give up but I'm going to stand for what is right as long as there's breath in my body. That's the kind of people that the Lord is wanting in the kingdom today. So much of what has become the kingdom of God has become fluff. I hate to say it, but it's a fact. We're about as deep as a thimble. Anybody in here know what a thimble is? A lot of people probably don't. We don't see them anymore. But it's not very deep. We want God to do what we want Him to do when we want Him to do it. And when that's over, we don't want Him anymore until we need Him again. He's like a vending machine. <clears throat> when we want a Mountain Dew, we put the dollar in the vending machine and punch the button. And if it doesn't come out, we slap the thing and try to make it come out. And that's, how, that's the way some people see God. God, when I'm sick, I want you to heal me. God, when I'm in poverty, I need your blessings so I can come out of poverty. But I'm telling you, we're missing so much of what God has to offer. I don't know about you, but I don't just want to be healed in my body. I don't just want my financial needs to be met. I want the supernatural anointing of God upon me wherever I go. That when I see people, when I speak to people, that supernatural anointing that's coming out of my mouth, when I touch, oh, glory to God that I'll not be afraid to touch the leper, that I'll not be afraid to touch the unclean, that I'll not be afraid to touch those who need to be touched by the hand of God. I am the hands of God. I am the voice of God. 
I am the man of God reaching out to a dying world. I can't be afraid. You can't be a leader and be afraid. You've got to be willing to make tough choices. And when you do, some people are going to hate you for it. Some people are going to try to destroy you for it. Some people are going to think that you're not capable to be doing what you're doing. Can I say, we still need the anointing power of the Holy Ghost, folks. We can't do it on our ability. We can't do it on our talent. We can't do it on our pretty smile. We can't do it on great facilities. We have to have the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost to be able to see supernatural signs and wonders taking place in the kingdom of God. I don't know about you, but I yearn for that again. I yearn for the move of God. I yearn for people to be moved by the power of God I've seen it to where people from one side of the church to the other side. I've seen it look like waves going across the church. It would start on that side and about 50 people would throw their hands up. Then that next section, about 50 more would throw their hands up. And then that And I mean, it would go from side to side. And from it was like the waves of the Holy Spirit. Oh, glory to God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to declare unto you today that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has not changed. The same thing that took for us to pray, pay the price to get the power of God 40 years ago is the same thing it requires today. We got to love the Lord our God with all of our heart. We have to pray until we touch heaven. And when we touch heaven, we'll be wanting to touch our fellow man. Jesus touched the man with leprosy and he was made whole. Jesus was not afraid of getting sick. He was not afraid of what would happen to him by touching the man with leprosy. He just knew he, was, he had been sent to bring healing and he said, recovering of sight to the blind. Hallelujah. And the lame walking. And the lepers being cleansed. He said, you tell John that's what's happened. And you tell him to make up his mind now. Is that what you're looking for? Are you looking for someone who can heal blinded eyes and make the lame walk and make the deaf hear and can clean up those that are lepers? Glory to God. That's what I'm looking for, folks. I thank God for all of the ways that we have to try to make people feel connected. And I thank God for the effort that Miss Donna and others are making to try to make people and help people feel connected because we want to touch you. We want you to feel like you are part of us and we are part of you. So that when you are in trouble, we receive it as if I am in trouble. When you are joyful, we rejoice with you because of your good fortune and, your, and the blessings of God. Hallelujah. Reach out and touch the Lord as He passes by. You find He's not too busy to hear your heart's cry. He's passing by this moment. 
your needs to supply. Reach out and touch the Lord as He goes by. How impossible it is for us to stand and make these little faces to these beautiful little children without reaching out and touching them. I want to touch their hand. I want to touch their arm. I want to feel the tenderness of their flesh. I want to feel that new person that has come into this world to help carry out the will, plan, and purpose of God. That there is a divine connection between the holy God and that new person. Every time a baby is brought into the world, it's God saying again, I want the human race to go forward. That's why abortion is such a horrible murder and such a horrible crime. Because we're killing what God says. God says, I want humans to continue to be born. That's why I made it possible for them to come into the world. And it's my desire to see it happen. But there's a lot of hurting humans out there. There's a lot of people and many of us in our church buildings with our high steeples and our big budgets. And we got people all around us dying every day. And we don't know how to touch our fellow man. I feel this heavily. I feel this strongly. That we have got to learn how to get out of our ivory tower of the church to where people are living and dying, wanting and needing somebody to care. When the world seems cold and your friends seem few, there is someone who cares for you. When you need a friend, a friend till the end, there is someone who cares for you. Someone to care, help me, someone to share. All your troubles like no other can do. He'll come down from the sky and brush the tears from your eyes. You're His child and He cares for you. I could sing a couple of more verses, but you get the feeling that when the world is cold, and can you imagine what it would feel if you didn't have the close love of your church friends? If you didn't have what we feel when we get together. And you know, folks, I can honestly say that it doesn't matter to me. I don't care what color a person's skin is. I don't care what side of town they live on. We are brothers and sisters together in the kingdom of God. 
And if it's anything else, we need to repent. Glory to God. I can honestly say, I believe people are people. There's not but one race, and that's the human race. Anything else is absolutely wrong. And I can prove it by the Word. So I just want to tell you today, Lord, teach us how to reach out and touch our fellow man. That we who claim to be part of the body of Christ, that we can learn how to reach out to our fellow brother and sister in the Lord. Let's stand together. Lord, I bless you today and I I thank you, Jesus. You're an awesome God. You're an awesome God. And I bless you, Lord. I praise you for all that you are. And I praise you for all that you're doing. Hallelujah. 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 I want to be able to help you today. I wonder, I wonder, is there anyone in here today that feels like you just need someone to agree with you over a special prayer request that you have or something that you're praying about? And you say, I need someone to touch me. I need someone to help me to agree together. Is there anyone in this place today? I want to give you an opportunity. Lord, I just pray in the name of Jesus today, by the power of the Holy Spirit, God, we need you like we have never needed you before. We need you, Lord. We are helpless people without you. We cannot make it without you, Lord. And we just believe together that you're touching. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I just pray over Brenda right now. I want to thank you. Glory to God. Lord, we agree with her. We come into agreement now in the name of Jesus. And we stand on the authority of God's Word. That He is more than enough. Glory to God. You are the El Shaddai. You are more than enough. And Lord, I bless you today. And I agree with her, Lord. And I speak that whatever it takes right now, in the name of Jesus, whatever it takes, that you're healing. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Glory to God. Praise God. We want to stand in proxy for my friend Connie okay. and her husband Jimmy. Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, we, we pray together. And we pray over this couple together as they stand in proxy for those that they have indicated a need today. Lord, serious illnesses, serious healing that is needed. But God, we know that you're the God that made this body and is for sure you can heal it. So now in the name of Jesus, Lord, we glory to God, hallelujah. Glory to God, hallelujah. Lord, I just pray for healing. I pray for the, the, the deliverance and the power of God. Lord, we speak over you now. Glory to God, hallelujah, for all that you're doing and for all that you're going to do. Lord, we agree together and we give you the praise and the glory. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for it. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray with Fred today. Lord, I just lift him up before you in the loss of his wife, Lord. I just speak blessings over him now in the name of Jesus, Lord. He, t- he needs a touch of your hand. God, I pray for your strength 
and your power to touch him in Jesus' name. And Lord, let him receive what he needs from you. In the name of Jesus, you're an awesome God. And we worship you today. And we bless you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord.